This is real. Right. And, and, and as your leader, I'm telling you and urging you mm-hmm. that you have to take all cautionary measures to deal with this issue because it's real. Mm-hmm. And this is something that can be uh, devastating for not just our state. It's going to be devastating for our economy and our country. But right now, I'm more interested in I'm more interested in the people preventing the disease, the spread of the disease and treating those that are impact, that have the disease and making certain that every person, every Alabama, regardless of their ability to pay, have access to get testing and treatment for this particular disease. to you. Welcome into Alabama Politics This Week podcast. This is uh, Josh Moon, and that is... David Person. Oh, I thought man. you were going to do Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, well, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, oh, that's a great movie, isn't it? Yeah. That's Robin, Robin Williams. Williams yeah. Yeah. Good morning, Vietnam! Yeah. Uh, um, no, we're getting close to that status, I think, uh, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're not there yet. Uh, no, it's uh, we are, um, as we were last week, all coronavirus all the time. Um, <laughs> I mean, and really, it's, it's hard to get around, you know. I mean, it's a... Um, uh, it's a tough, tough virus. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a, a change the way people have lived, at least in the short term here. Um, you know, and hopefully that'll be the case. Uh, yeah. You know, it'll be a short term thing, and we'll all in a couple of years look back and go, "Hey, remember that six, seven month stretch there where we were all locked down in our homes and you know getting takeout and nobody going out to eat and mm-hmm. ever slathering ourselves in hand sanitizer <laughs> from head to toe every fifteen minutes." Um, <laughs> But I mean, ho- hopefully that's the case. Uh, Hope but so, man. Hope yeah, so. it's because yeah. this is not this is not enjoyable. No. Uh, you know, especially for a guy who watches sports, you know, uh, a lot. Yeah, a, a lot. Uh, and I'm, I'm basically having withdrawals over here, and just find myself shaking from time to time. Tough, and, tough time. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, thank God for ESPN yeah. tonight. They're replaying some of the uh, some of the yeah. college basketball uh, championship uh, games, and yeah. I've been watching a few, at least in snippets, and it's been good. Yeah, that's. Uh, it, it has, and and I mean, I I don't mean to make light of it, and that's certainly making light of it because that's not a tough no. time at all, really, no. for me. And, and uh, you know, I, if if I don't get if I don't get sick, then I think everything right. is great. But but it's um, a small indication, I think, of just how life changing this thing is. Yeah. And we have grown accustomed to certain things. Mm-hmm. Life is as much about ritual and routine as yep. it is anything else. And and so for many of us, this is a time of year when we when we look for a diversion. Yeah. from the mundane mm-hmm. in college basketball or mm-hmm. NBA or Major League Baseball kicking off. Yeah. And we don't have that right now. No, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, this time of year, um, you know, I will at night, because I'll write a lot after I have a young daughter and after she goes to bed uh, at night, I'll, I'll write. And, uh, you know, it, it, I would flip on a basketball game because, you know, you can always grab a West Coast game on somewhere mm-hmm. at nine o'clock and, mm-hmm. you know, and it would just kind of play in the background most of the time, even on mute, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd glance up every now and then and watch some of it. Uh, here before long, it would be, you know, baseball. Uh, you know, I watched pretty much every Braves game every year and, um, 
you know, without it, it's just weird. It's, I mean, and listen, these, I, I, I understand completely. These are, these are mundane, small, minute things. Okay. I'm not, no, no nobody's crying for me and, and, and <laughs> nor should they. And I'm not crying about it. I'm just saying, we're just simply talking about the changes of, of everyday life. And that's, yeah. uh, you know, and it's a small thing that, that has changed. And, and so, uh, and it's going to get, you know, I would say probably worse before it gets better. Um, and, and so, you know, we got that to look forward to, which is nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, and one, one of the things that's also going to change here is, is David and I are going to be extremely short in the open uh, of this show <laughs> because we have two, we have two good guests, uh, and Representative Laura Hall and, uh, Minority Leader Anthony Daniels. And I know what you're thinking. Didn't we just have him on a couple of weeks ago? And yeah, we did. Uh, but he is uh, at the front lines of things here. Uh, he's at kind of the front lines of what's going on in the state, uh, what's taking place here. And, uh, and so we wanted to get him back on to provide some, some good updates, uh, because we whether you know it or not, uh, and you probably will, will never really know the full extent of it, is his office uh, and, and his team of people and, and uh, Democrats uh, all over the state, in the state house are kind of leading the charge uh, here. You know, a lot of the factual information that's being used, a lot of the things that are being worked on, uh, a lot of the programs and policies that, are, that will come in the coming weeks uh, were developed by them. They were researched by them. They were pushed by them. They were forwarded on to the governor's office and to other leaders. Uh, and so, you know, uh, it's important, I thought, to get him back on and kind of talk about where we were and, and how we're going to go forward. Yeah. Um, and so we we do that. We go a little bit longer with him than we typically would. Uh, and then we also have uh, Representative Laura Hall to talk about uh, Anthony Ray Hinton's case and, and the bill that she had that is currently stalled uh, for coronavirus situations. Uh, and um, But... You know, all in all, I think a pretty good show. And, and really, so. the less I yap, the better it is. <laughs> I think. You know, I, I mean, really, how, how, how much could you hear from me? Really? <laughs> um, but we're, well, I think we're, we've got a pretty good one. I mean, uh, there is really no other news. Uh, you know, I would love, I I honestly, I'd love to get, get on and and tell you about these other, these other things and these, this other news that's taking place. And everything has been overshadowed every single day by what's, what's closing, what, what new policies are in place, what, where you can't go anymore, what you can't do anymore, who you can't be around. Uh, and and I'm not making light of that or criticizing any of it. I'm just saying that this is how it is. Uh, you know, for, uh, for the foreseeable future, we're, we're all kind of indoors with everything. Everybody, and you know, I hope you like your family. I like mine. (laughs) Uh, Me me and my wife and daughter, we get along pretty well, so we're happy at our place. But uh, uh, we are, uh, it's it, it, you do tend to go a little stir crazy from time to time, though. You know, you got to get them out. Took her to the park yesterday for a little while, the little one, and uh, but um, you know, just we went out and I pulled up to a couple different parks to to make sure there was nobody around, basically. And we we went out and rolled around and uh, let let her uh, uh, let her have the the hand sanitizer uh you know uh, a lot of the hand sanitizer and um and that was you know that was kind of our out yeah you know yeah. Uh, a lot of people out walking around the neighborhoods and trying to just get out and, and move around some but it's a it's a weird deal man it really is and you know you you look for you look for ways to go about i guess um 
you know, helping other people in, in, you know, mostly in small ways, you know, and mm-hmm. I, you know, we, we have decided that we would, uh, every chance we get, we'll take, take out from a local place, uh, yeah. you know, cause I know a lot of people aren't going out and we call, uh, we called a place, uh, near us the other day, uh, for, for dinner and told them we were going to come and take it out. And the, the one of the ladies said, really? You're going to come and get, hey, oh. somebody wants to make a takeout order. And you hear the guy in the background go, for real? Okay. Wow. Uh, I mean, and, you know, and it was just like they were so happy to have, you know. That, That's sad. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it is sad, sad but it's, it's you know, it's it's nice to to do what you can. And I know if people are in, in crunches or unemployment. The state of things. I mean, oh, I know, yeah. That's sad. Yeah. But I know people are in crunches and yeah. at home and stuff with their finances, and so you maybe can't do that. I'm fortunate enough to work, you know, for for some folks that uh, that have made sure that we're we're okay, and uh, and so my, and, and my wife is is okay in her job, and so we're we're good and happy at our at our house and and stuff, and so we're you know just trying to to do a little bit uh, responsibly as we can, you know, and uh, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know any other way to, to kind of go about that. And, you know, there are a lot of food programs, other places you can, you can volunteer for, uh, but it's a, uh, it's a, it's a tough time for, for a lot of people. And I think in, and hopefully in the short term, it, it will, uh, it will, it will be tough, tougher and then maybe get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I hope, and, and I hope our our state government and our federal government uh, put some policies in place to to ensure that. Absolutely, uh, uh, I think that we are we're moving in that direction, but you know, I, I worry where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, all right, uh, I guess we can we can slide out of here, and, uh, and then we'll we'll bring in uh, Representative Laura Hall and uh, and. Get this thing kicked off and, and listen to some actual information from some people who know things, uh, you know, <laughs> besides the guy who's been yapping at you for the last few minutes here. All right, this is uh, Alabama Politics This Week. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, guys, just wanted to remind you again, if you could help us out and uh, leave a rating and a review for us on where, uh, whatever platform you download this fine podcast, it would really help us out. Thanks, guys. Welcome back. We are now joined by Representative Laura Hall. Uh, Ms. Hall, thank you for, for joining us here on uh, Alabama Politics this week. It's lovely to have you. I, I know you have a, a bill coming up, uh, and and I was I was telling David here before before we got started uh, that back in 2018, I believe it was, I wrote uh, some stories about Anthony Ray Hinton uh, and his plight at that time uh, when uh, a Republican uh, senator. Uh, Paul Busman, who's no longer in the Senate, uh, he was trying to get restitution paid to Mr. Hinton. Uh, and there were some folks standing in the way of that. Uh, I guess uh, kind of explain to people what, what bill you have, what, what it does, and, and what you hope to accomplish with it. So the bill that I have is House Bill 394 is a bill to really um, address the, the bill as it's presently written, the statute as it's presently written, indicates that we would provide compensation if the person was declared innocent. And so, as we understand, the courts did not declare Mr. Hinton innocent. 
But we also felt with the, or my feelings are that he spent 30 years on death row and there should be something in the law to allow the state of Alabama to provide some compensation for instances such as that. If, if just to kind of explain it to people, what the the law does is is it does exactly what you said is if if someone has been wrongfully convicted and they are then released from prison, they have a right to go to the state for restitution if they have been exonerated by court. Uh, but what happened in Mr. Hinton's case and what happens in a lot of cases like his is there there is enough evidence for a court to overturn the conviction. Uh, but then it is left up to the state to come back and retry that case. And if they don't come back and retry it and exonerate that individual, then they they don't deserve any restitution in the eyes of the state. Uh, with, despite the fact that what the state is essentially saying is is without this sham of a trial that convicted him in the first place, uh, we, you know, we're, we're never going to be able to convict this person because we don't have enough evidence. So that's not good enough in the state of Alabama's eyes to, to provide restitution for wrongful convictions. That's right. And that's the way the bill is presently written, that it doesn't allow that or the, the process does not allow that. So what the changes that have been made is to, address situations such as that uh, and removing those terms that would or adding to other terms that would help to enhance the possibility of the state uh, making or providing some restitution. So just to recap, Laura, for those who don't know, let's let's quickly go over the story of Anthony Ray Hinton. He was he was uh, charged and convicted of murdering um, uh, a woman in a convenience store, as I recall, and um, he's main he maintained his innocence uh, from before his conviction until he was eventually released. And in fact, uh, his story is chronicled in the book and movie Just Mercy that was written by Brian Stevenson. So with the Equal Justice Initiative, so so Mr. Hinton, um, uh, to make a long story short. Uh, after some years in prison, he, he's able to connect with Brian Stevenson, who is able to prove that, um, that the, that, that due to the false testimony of, uh, of a convicted felon as well as, um, some evidence that was not, um, was not accounted for that Mr. Hinton was wrongfully convicted. And and so based on all of this, it is your belief and my belief and Josh's belief that Mr. Hinton uh, never should have been convicted. And so consequently, the state owes him some recompense for this. The fact that he spent 30 years uh, out of his life in a situation where it was not properly represented, and the fact that he had spent that time and that it's it just seems like it is I'd say a sin that we would not even think that we owe him something for the amount of time those thirty years that he spent on death row. And I'm struck by the callousness of Attorney General Steve Marshall, who I believe is the attorney general who argued that because Mr. Hinton was not exonerated that the state didn't owe him anything. 
I find that outrageous. It really makes me angry, to be honest with you. But I find it outrageous and appalling, morally appalling. I don't understand how the man who's supposed to be presiding over justice and the execution of justice for this state would not see that as an injustice. Well, I'd say that morally appalling pretty much sums up Steve Marshall's entire tenure. Well, and, and you know what? I don't I don't disagree with that at all, Josh. I agree with you 100 uh, percent. But but is it but wouldn't you say, Laura, that it is the case that this is actually an injustice that has been ex- conducted by the state toward Mr. Hinton and any other person? who is in a similar situation. Oh, most definitely. And I can tell you, I have gone back and read through the process that has occurred. There's been two attempts uh, by Mr. Hinton to uh, seek some restitution. And for both times, one time, I think there was a hearing, and the other time, it was just no actions were taken. And it was then that it just irritated me to know and really uh, that we would feel like that after 30 years on death row that we don't owe him anything. And so I think it's unfortunate that that has happened. But I am hopeful that uh, before the end of this session, we will begin to see some restitution for and none of the what we will do will come anywhere close to what I think we do owe Mr. Hinton. And not just the conduct of the state in terms of wrongfully convicting this man, but also the conduct of the prosecution leading up to the conviction. As it's been documented in Brian's book and in the movie, the behavior was reprehensible. It was unjust. And so it seems to me that 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 just from start to finish, from start to finish, the state was wrong. Right. and But somewhere, I just keep saying, they really don't believe. We really, the state of Alabama really does not believe this man is innocent. Because right. otherwise, why would you not provide a work to make sure there was some restitution provided to him? Yeah, and I guess that, that kind of, Kind of gets us into into the into the next topic that we were we were going to talk about too, and that is whether or not uh, there there's going to be a rest of this session. Um, you know, and 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 what I know that uh, that those those decisions are going to be made as a group, and and everybody's going to kind of get together and talk about it. But from from your feelings and the way things are heading, what what do you kind of think is going to go down for the rest of this session? Well, we are scheduled to go back on the thirty first. I would think if there is any possibility of of completing the hearing, it would be based on the budgets. Those are the, that's you know the education trust fund budget and the general fund budget. General fund budget would be the budget that the case, uh, Mr. Hinton's case, would come from. If we were able, to, if they, all of the work had been done, and we would be able to vote on that that next week, I think if we go back on the thirty first, that would be the end of the session. It does not appear at this point based on the information that I have, that we're going to be ready to do anything close to voting on a budget by the 31st. Mm -hmm. If we don't, and things continue as they are um, with the virus, we would then probably end up having to go back for a special session. Just uh, real quick, Laura, before we get out of here, 
tell me from from the information that you're getting as a legislator, uh, what what do you expect the impact to be on? Let's let's just let's first start with your district and work our way out. Your district encompasses uh, a, a significant portion of Huntsville and Madison County. Uh, what do you what do you expect the impact of the coronavirus to be on your district and then the rest of the state? Oh, I think that I mean even right now when I finish with you all today is to see if I can go to the Children Advocacy Center and DHR to talk about how we are having daycare, child care for these different, for the different individuals are having to go to work at the hospitals and those different places. What are we doing to assist or what do we have in place there? Because if we don't have anything in place, then those, those places which need the staff will not have the staff. Uh, and I see that happening all over. If we have a child care worries in my district, at least a fourth of the a fourth of the legislature made up of African Americans, which have you know districts which may be predominantly black or rural, and the challenge is a lot greater for those individuals who are having to cope with the issues of getting going to work. Um, you know, getting to their jobs, having child care, making sure their families are fed. So there are a number of things. And so is, if it's in my district, it just continues to spread. And so we have that same impact, I believe, across the state. Uh, it just doesn't... It. I am not comfortable with the plan that we have in place now because it seems to be piecemeal. First, we're talking about testing, but we've not talked about all of the other things that are outside of testing that I think are important to make sure people and their families or individuals and their families can function without a major challenge. And 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 I don't see that or with, with some level of... of uh, confidence that somebody else is concerned about what's going on within their family. Yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I agree. And, and I think I'm hopeful uh, that uh, the Democratic leadership uh, here over the next, because I know it's not going to come from the other side. Uh, so I'm hopeful that the Democratic leadership uh, will, will will develop a comprehensive plan. It's my understanding that, that y'all have been been working on one and uh, and, and that there should, should be a, a, a pretty uh, a pretty well thought out and put together plan that should be coming down the pipe pretty pretty fast here and uh you know what it's a it's an interesting interesting time and you know I, I think everybody's just trying to get their hands around it at this point and uh you know i but we appreciate you coming on here with us for for a few minutes and uh you know and taking a little bit of time out of your days which i know are busy uh even even when you're out of session i know they're busy and uh and talking about a very very important bill and i hope that you get some traction and uh and if we can help in any way uh i hope you'll let us know i will and i appreciate you all the interest that you have and look forward to talking to you again real soon okay laura thank you thank you that was uh, Representative Laura Hall joining us, and uh, it uh, it is a uh, that is a very good bill she she has, and uh, you know, and I and that thing was uh, it was shady when it took when, when they tried to deny uh, Mr. Hinton his money. Absolutely, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and, and you know, the, I, I'll say again, it was a Republican senator who pushed it. 
Yeah. Uh, it was Paul Busman, a former yeah, credit where credit is due. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, and and he w- he he had taken calls from people, and he had taken requests from other de- from Democrats who knew that they were never going to be able to get any traction on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he read the facts of the thing and said, you know, look, this guy was clearly wronged mm-hmm. here. Uh, we have a fund to to pay the man. Pay the man. Pay right. the man his money. You know right. what? You know, we, we've treated him terribly here by our court system. And uh, anybody else uh, that had gone through this would have felt the same way. That's uh, right. You know? And this is not a partisan issue. This is a right and wrong issue. Yep. This has nothing to do with Democrats and Republicans. Yep. This is all about the injustice that was done to one man based on, I think, racial discriminatory, uh, uh, you know, uh, beliefs and values, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as just a disregard for justice and what justice is supposed to be. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, uh, I hope that uh, that thing is successful, and we've come a little bit away since since then. Yeah. All right, let's slide out of here. Uh, we come back. Uh, we go downhill uh, from from representative <laughs> Laura Hall. And, uh, we've got a, Did you say downhill? Yeah. Well, I you mean, said downhill. Uh, Anthony Daniels is going to join us, and he's going to come in here. He's going to he's in stu- he's in studio uh, studio in quotation marks uh, with us, uh, right. and he's got a mask on. And it's just he ridiculous. does the whole thing is just he's got chill- he's got little children. I do too. Oh, I do well, too. And listen, coronavirus toughens them up. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we'll right. be back in a minute. Toughens them up. Hey, everyone. If you would like to uh, drop us a line, tell us anything, have any suggestions for the show or any uh, topics you'd like to hear discussed, drop us a line at aptwpodcast uh, at gmail.com. That's aptwpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again. Welcome back here to Alabama Politics This Week. It's like I have gotten the name of the show right. Uh, You're on a roll, man. I am. I am. Uh, I'm killing it uh, on that. We are, uh, as I said before, we've we've gone downhill in guest status uh, from Representative Laura Hall. <laughs> Does he treat you like this all the time? Well, you know, I'm Laura Hall's driver, so that's expected. So I'd be driving the bar. <laughs> you hear is uh, as Representative Anthony Daniels, who, who 100% rolled in here with a mask on uh, and his own bottle of industrial strength hand sanitizer. <laughs> um, and, and soap. Yeah, yeah. And, and went through a uh, one of those hazmat fog uh, showers on the way through, too. Uh, but uh, taking, uh, taking this 
absolutely. Seriously, which everybody should. Everybody should take the coronavirus situation, COVID-19, uh, as seriously as they possibly can. Uh, and I guess that's where we're, we're going to start and probably where we're going to finish uh, today with with you is where where are we uh, here with this thing uh, in terms, I guess, of state government? Uh, where, where, where do things stand? Uh, you know, how happy are you with what's going on? Uh, and I guess then where do we go? Well, Josh, uh, it's a good good question. Um, you know, where we are right now is that uh, a number of people throughout the state are, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty as to what mm-hmm. they should be doing and how serious to take this thing. You know, you and I both know that when the president comes out and say that this is some type of Democratic hoax <laughs> and then come back and say something different, yeah. you don't know which one to wish to, what to believe. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you have folks out there that uh, believe his first statement, which is unfortunate that the leader of our our, our great country uh, would miss uh, mm-hmm. misspeak in, in that manner. And so. Uh, you have a lot of people that are um, really some people are taking it serious. Some are not. Most mm-hmm. are not, especially in communities of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've not necessarily seen uh, a person of color uh, in my mind uh, really talk about the issue a, a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Every time you turn on the television, there are, you know, certainly professionals in, in the different areas and, and that does a great job. Right. But oftentimes uh, people uh, have to see someone that looks like them talking about yeah. the issue to really start really paying attention. And so that's what I'm, I am attempting to do in, along with in partnership with the um, Department of Public Health is to make certain that the people out there understand that this is a serious, serious virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we I got numbers this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have had 68 confirmed cases in the state of Alabama. Mm-hmm. And there's still locations uh, across the state that uh, are trying to open and start doing more testing. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we really have to understand is that uh, in order to receive, get a test, mm-hmm. you have to have sort of a doctor's, uh, a physician's mm-hmm. note. And um, I know that when you hear that, your folks are at a panic saying, why do I have to have a physician note to do this? Well, in order for if there are a limited number of tests. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're not a limited number. The president said there were plenty. Well, you know, he also said it was a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all know that there are not plenty of tests and there are limited numbers. And not, not only are they running out of tests, they're running out of swabs and all the other things that they need to, to do this with. And so you're right. Uh, there there has to be uh, in this state, the, the protocol for, uh, for a week or more there was that you had to meet a whole list of criteria uh, that, that went down through a number of different things. You had to have a flu test that came back negative. You had to have uh, these other tests that came back negative. Uh, you had to have a fever for so long. You had to have been in contact with somebody. And so that really limited the number of tests uh, that were out there, and especially in poorer communities, because you had to go through eight different tests that you had to pay for. Because while uh, testing for coronavirus is free, testing for all those other things sure isn't free. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and that's, that speaks to the point that I've been making for the last five years is expansion of Medicaid mm-hmm. would have provided an opportunity for um, those individuals that are living uh, below the poverty level in the state of Alabama, an opportunity to go uh, be tested or, or in, in many instances get treatment. And so right now, I think that we're seeing uh, we're seeing the um, you know, we're seeing because we did not make that decision. We're certainly seeing 
uh, the the effects of that uh, here quickly. And so, uh, for me, uh, not to beat a beat a uh, you know a dead horse, uh, but it, it's a horse that that continues to need to be need to be beat right. because right. until folks start paying attention, yeah. uh, that you know this is bad, and we are we certainly uh, as a country has not been prepared for. It. But I will tell you that the Department of Public Health, uh, led by Scott Harris. Uh, and the governor's office have been very responsive in uh, recommendations that have been made by members and individuals across the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other health professionals and, and, and labs like Hudson Alpha that's now involved in this process. And so it's a very impressive team. The emergency management um, in, in our state, they're um, a part of the team. And, 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 and so there are a number of stakeholders and volunteers uh, across the state of Alabama uh, and across the country that are uh, involved in this process. And we're very fortunate. Um, however, I think that uh, we have to do a better job on the ground of making certain that those individuals that are uninsured uh, will be able to get a test. And they've made some, uh, you know, some some recommendations and, and really now, you know, it's, we're not charging for the test. Yeah. So uh, that's a, that's a bright spot. And I certainly appreciate that. Uh, but for the most part, I think that because there's a limited number of tests, we have to make certain that we're educating the public that, you know, if you have a fever, if you have, a, whether it's a dry cough or, or, or not, mm-hmm. um, those are symptoms that you should take very seriously and that, but you still have to, um, you know, wash your hands repeatedly, wash down uh, your doorknobs at home and do things to protect yourself, even inside of your home. Mm-hmm. You know, being quarantined means being quarantined as an individual. Right. Uh, and being quarantined as an individual family, you have to have, you have to assume that um, every person is is sort of need to be self isolated, and mm-hmm. so I think that uh, that's something that we got to take serious. And also restaurants, I see still see people eating at restaurants yeah. in large numbers, and so I've been advising some of our restaurant owners on a process that they could use. Uh, and and what they should be doing by arranging their dining area to separate the six foot separation, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the sanitizer, the hand washing, uh, and also opening the doors, meaning that their doors should someone should be at the door opening the door for everyone that walks in mm-hmm. and closing the door uh, mm-hmm. and opening the door for everyone that walks out, mm-hmm. so that we're not because the 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 virus, um, from my understanding, can sit on. Uh, a structure for yeah. about three days, and yeah. so we just got to make certain that we're taking all of the, uh, you know, the the safety uh, measures. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, two weeks ago, here at my my wife's office, we started. Uh, I wrote a policy there mm-hmm. and put in procedures where a person that was coming to the dental office, um, they sat in their car and we text them to come in, but mm-hmm. we also check their temperature yeah, and also collected other data from them as it relates to their travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, have they, do they have a cough or what have you, if they have any of those and we've turned, um, you know, at least 20 people away yeah. that, wow. that have had fevers over a hundred yeah. wow. uh, and, and have had cough symptoms, uh, symptoms. And so we want to make certain that we are protecting ourselves, our staff, and we're we're not contributing to the spread of COVID-19. And so those are some of the things that we've been able to do that other biz, small businesses, especially healthcare providers, could do. Yeah. And so, you know, there, there are a number of things that I think are important, but I think right now it is getting familiar faces, faces out there to mm-hmm. talk about uh, COVID-19 and the seriousness of yeah. it and what they're doing personally to protect themselves and their family is also important because... Uh, you know, 68 people 
Yeah. Uh, and we've only had our first case, what, two weeks? Yeah. Not even? Well, you know, and you look at those numbers, too, uh, and we all know that Birmingham has had far more, Jefferson County's had far more tests than anybody, any other county in this uh, in this state. And look at the numbers for for, for Jefferson County. Uh, the more tests you have, the more the more results you have of positive yeah. tests. Let me, let, me, uh, let me be the one to go on the record and say that the only thing that's a hoax right now is the Trump administration's tenure. <laughs> that's where the hoax is. Now, having said that, having established that, uh, let me ask you, uh, because you've brought this up, and I think uh, astutely so, this is really having an impact on small businesses. It is having a dramatic impact on small businesses, on self-employed people, on people who work for small businesses, often without, you know, benefits, Um. Uh, people who are working in restaurants and other places. Uh, does the state have any kind of plan to try to offset or mitigate the impact that, that this coronavirus is going to have on small businesses and self-employed people? Many of the, uh, the states, uh, and, and Alabama is included, have been waiting for a lot of direction from the federal level. Uh, as you look at the different agencies here within the state of Alabama, uh, and talking to and on a call with the department, Secretary of Department of Labor, they've waived the one week waiting period for unemployment benefits. Mm-hmm. And so small businesses that are impacted by this, that are uh, whether restaurants or healthcare providers that uh, depend on customers actually coming into their site mm-hmm. um, and to, to dine in or and or to become that are patients. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're seeing right now is they're sending their um, staff over in into the unemployed to get um, unemployment benefits until we figure out we see an end on this issue. Otherwise, those individuals are likely to go under. Uh, before the end of of this this particular situation, and so we're very fortunate to see that the regulations have been um, the, um, eased at the uh, at the state level. With the, the Secretary of Department of Labor have uh, mentioned in uh, in the state of Alabama on a, on a call, and the Secretary of Commerce mentioned some of the things that they're doing as it relates to small businesses. Uh, one of the things that I would like to see um, personally is that. Um, you know, I will be communicating with the um, a letter uh, to the uh, chief justice of the court uh, asking uh, the chief justice to uh, for have the lower courts to forego any type of evictions or foreclosure hearings uh, in cases at this particular time until we can kind of get through this process. I will also be asking the governor to communicate uh, with uh, the banking industry and asking them to also uh, put a halt on uh, foreclosures in in, 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 in in light of the situation, not just home foreclosures, but also, um, you know, for repossessions and, and, and other things that until we can figure out where we're going, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as it relates to small businesses that um, are have employees without sick leave accrued, um, the unemployment situation is what has to happen. And I think those small businesses are trying to figure out less than 50 people are trying to figure out other ways to supplement uh, the 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 salaries of their employees. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, there even if a person is on unemployment, they're still they could still work a number of hours and receive something from their employer if they're working. Mm-hmm. If they're you know, and so you just got to verify that. But I, I'm I'm fairly certain. But it has to be minimal hours, mm-hmm. and so uh, those are any little bit will help. 
But the one thing that that really bothers me is that um, Congress decided last night to uh, they passed a bill. And I think the bill is great and it's going to be great benefits for uh, small businesses and people in general, Mm -hmm. uh, the people of American people in general and receiving a sort of a subsidy or what have you. But for me, someone that have student loans. Mm -hmm. The president putting an order in executive order that, you know, really get rid of the actual interest rates on the student loans. Does nothing for my monthly benefits, and mm-hmm. so it's apparent that he's never had student loans. Yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> well, he got that small ten million dollar loan from his father. Student yeah. loans to that they understand because if I'm paying two thousand dollars a month um, for student loans, and you're yeah. uh, getting the interest on that uh, at five yeah. percent, I'm still unemployed and paying a large amount. Yeah. Um, I would expect them to really move into the the income based repayment model that they have in place, mm-hmm. and really start halting that mm-hmm. to where individuals that have student loans are uh, exempt from those loans until this situation is resolved without penalty. And so that's something that I think we have to look at. Also, the mortgage with the banking industry, I think that mortgages and different things, they have to also act at at the federal level Mm -hmm. on that to give us to ease some of those pressures. And so retail is taking a hit because you're more likely to shop online. And Josh, we know in Alabama, online shopping supports the general fund, not the education trust fund. Exactly. Education trust fund, uh, uh, you know, depend upon the bricks and mortar. Mm-hmm. And when bricks and mortar are not operating at the level they've been operating, it also impacts the amount of tax dollars that's received for the education trust fund, mm-hmm. which may be healthy today, yeah. but it's not promising tomorrow. No. Anthony, one other question here. Um, I know that, um, that you are Alabama born and bred in the black belt. Um, and the black belt community um, is has historically been one of our poorer, or not one of our. It has been the poorest section of the state. Uh, what what are we doing as it relates to the people there and helping the people there, especially in areas like? Well, I I know you know black belt better than I do, but I know I have definite. A definite understanding of what's going on in Uniontown, for example, um, and and the uh, and the this very serious health challenges that are being faced there. What 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 are we doing? What's the plan for the people of the Black Belt as it relates to the impact of this virus? Well, right now, Senator uh, right now Senator Bobby Singleton has, uh, who is also on the task force with me, has been working diligently along with Congresswoman Terry Sewell on providing relief and support for those communities that are mo- that are impacted, especially in the Black Belt. I think one of the things that we have to look at is how do we take a care of and help the most vulnerable populations in general. But right now, this is not a poor person disease. This is a a disease for all people mm-hmm. and so all income levels. And so we got to look at also look at the middle class in, in some of these places, because the middle class are the ones that are employing those individuals uh, in many instances in these small black belt counties and around the state. And so what we've been able to see is some relief, um, especially with the EBT uh, program, the SNAP program and other programs where there have been money and influx in dollars 
dollars put into those programs so that these families will have, uh, you know, more money so that they can buy more groceries, especially during this time. Uh, the school system, we're seeing community and schools uh, kind of work hand in hand to make certain that they continue the feeding program and get um, uh, these lunches and breakfasts to the parent, to the families. Uh, because think about it, if I receive my SNAP benefits on the first of the month, well, these next two to three, two weeks before the first of the month, uh, which will have been three weeks, if you're including this week, uh, that's two meals a day times five days a week. Mm. That's 10 meals a week mm. times three, just 30 meals. Mm. And if if we're if you are building in, even if you're building in your budget as any person building their budget, you're building in your budget for um the amount that you receive for your kids being at school in those 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 particular days. Mm-hmm. So when they're out of school, it impacts the budget that you've had from the previous month. So therefore, it is our responsibility as 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 government officials to make certain that these children are getting acts getting the meals, whether we're transporting those meals to their homes or their bus stops, mm-hmm. or if we're figuring out and so it's a community effort and we're beginning to see that happen with some of the churches right here in Huntsville mm-hmm. that's actually supporting and uh, supporting the school system and getting meals to those those young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to their families who are working hourly wages, I'm still a proponent that uh, we have to freeze uh, some of their their overhead. I mean, whether it's utilities. Uh, yeah, I heard the utilities company is looking at freezing, uh, is looking at um, not cutting off utilities mm-hmm. to a certain date. Right. But that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. We got to go, uh, and I'm specifically talking about here in the Tennessee Valley because that's the only one that I really know about right now. Uh, and so I think that we have to have some conversations with them on doing more and doing what they can. And so we're beginning to see uh, what from the city of Huntsville um, to the state level and to the community all stepping up and trying to figure out what to do. But guidance is what I think most people are looking for right now in Huntsville Hospital and other providers, uh, even in Hudson Alpha, uh, trying to help with the testing. Right now, there's uh, a lot of the tests are being sent from the hospital to Montgomery. Mm. With a four-day turnaround. And so if we can get those tests done in real time, you'll probably see that there's a possibility that it's two two times the amount of folks that actually have the disease. Yeah. You know, it'll be more real-time numbers. And right now, the I think disease— two might be, might be kind yeah. on that one. I know, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to be yeah. modest. So I don't want to scare people. But what, what I'll say is, you know, and so um, and knowing that, you know, the number of respirators, we uh-huh. don't have a lot of, I mean, ventilators, uh-huh. like we don't have a lot of ventilators in this country, period. Mm-hmm. And so when we are trying to, this, this is diseases come from something that came, come from overseas, mm-hmm. from China and other places to travel, for travel. Mm-hmm. Now it's being community spread. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm going, I, I, what I'm doing today is urging the community to self, people in the community to self quarantine. Mm-hmm. If you have to go out and, and, and order food, order food. Mm-hmm. But do whatever it takes to keep you and your family and your neighbors safe mm-hmm. and sanitize and do all of the things that have been suggested by the Department of Public Health on cleaning and keeping your hands washed. Sanitizer is great, yeah. but it's nothing that beats the good old-fashioned soap and water. Soap and water. Soap and water. 20 right. seconds at least. Yeah. All right. So do you have any idea uh, uh, in your position there how many tests we've done? 
at this point? Because uh, they took that information off the Department of Public Health's website. Uh, I think that being that there are some of the private entities that are actually doing tests that have yeah. bought tests. And I'm told that the Church of the Highlands bought all these tests. Yeah. Um, but I think that uh, whenever entities are, are independently buying tests, yeah. I would suggest that they uh, pay attention to the symptoms. Uh-huh. Before actually just giving a random a test to a random person that had no symptoms, yeah. because if there are a number a limited number of tests, how are we going to get to those that may be severely ill uh, that have all the symptoms and to see whether to, to confirm or, 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 you know, a positive or negative test right. for those individuals first. And so I would I would access to 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 practice discretion. And being very, uh, I hate to use this term, fiscally responsible with the way we're dealing with it. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you about liberals being fiscally responsible. Uh, uh, not me. I'm spending freely. Uh, you know, uh, the, the other question, you mentioned the ventilators. Uh, you know, I think the other question that a lot of people have is what are we going to do when our limited number of ICU beds uh, fill up? Have there been talks about what's going to go on there? Well, I think that that's probably why we're probably getting closer to an actual mandated um, quarantine Mm -hmm. so that we're able to flatten the curve out. Yeah. Uh, And so I think that that is probably the best approach. Um, But, you know, not speaking for small business owners and people that are are trying to make it, Mm -hmm. um, I think providing guidance to those people immediately uh, and often is the key to us not really going into a a depression um, at this point. Uh, not that, you know, that is the end all be all, but it's something that, uh, that will help, I think, uh, reduce some of the stress that's going on from employers and employees. Yeah. And people right now are thinking about, you know, I have to eat and provide for my family. And if I'm able, unable to do so, mm-hmm. it creates a bigger problem for me long term. And so I think that we have to, as government officials, um, and, and those that are at the executive level, both exec- the executive level uh, mm-hmm. and Congress have to uh, speak to that and stop playing politics. Well, good luck with that. Uh, you know, well, I, I mean, really, it's, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, I, I understand, uh, you know, completely what you're saying. And, and, and I, I'm hopeful that people will uh, will put some of this stuff aside. But, it, you know, it, it's. It's hard to imagine, given the guy who's in charge, uh, you know, that we're that they're ever going to be able to do that fully, uh, you know, and uh, you just have it's a shame because you, you do see, uh, the, you know, the, the governor of Ohio, uh, who's a Republican, has done a fantastic job uh, with this and has come out and he's been just this blunt uh, you know, fact-based approach to this uh, that that I think has, has worked very, very well in that state uh, where, you know, uh, so many others have taken the Fox News approach of, you know, this is, well, it's no big deal. And now all of a sudden it's just something that happened in China and, you know, and we're going to blame other people and who, you know, and, it, and it's not helping anybody, uh, you know. And I don't know how we move from uh, we get those people who miss the bus on this early on because of exactly what you talked about earlier, calling it a hoax. I don't know how we move and get them back on the bus here with everybody. Well, I think you get them off the bus and send their ass home. <laughs> <in November. laughs> 
<laughs> you know, excuse my friend, but in November, I yeah. think you sent a message to them that we need someone that's going to stand up and be yeah. a leader for all the people, um, not just Republicans or or, or, or individual isolate, you know, individuals, yeah. but for all the people. And I think that we have to stop playing games. Uh, that's for number one, because there are lives at stake right now. Mm-hmm. We have four people. I that's think right. there are about four right. fatalities in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And there is a senator in Georgia that is in the ho- that's hospitalized right now that have has that tested positive. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine how many of his his colleagues mm-hmm. are also mm-hmm. in a similar situation. I talked to one of his colleagues yesterday. Yeah. She's had a fever over a hundred for the entire this week. Wow! And so, and she she's you know sounds you know sounds really bad. Yeah. And so I'm very concerned about her because you know she's a friend of mine. But this this is what we're dealing with right now. We're playing uh, we're playing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right here in the state of Alabama, we only have thirteen hundred forty four ventilators. Two. That's it. Thirteen hundred and forty-four. Thirteen hundred forty. One thousand three hundred forty-four. You, you know, when we had we had uh, uh, Bernstein Taylor on uh, from the Alabama Department of Public Health last week, and she mentioned we asked her about their plans uh, for ventilators, and their plan, one of the plans, is is to borrow ventilators. Who are you gonna borrow from? <laughs> you borrow from? You know, uh, you gotta unplug the Georgians. I don't. You know, I don't know what you, you know, the Mississippians don't deserve it. I don't. know what, what the what's the thing? Josh, we don't have enough money to 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 rent them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean it's. A, I mean you, know, you laugh to keep from crying about this sort of thing. You know, I mean it's just a. Uh, it's it's a. We've set ourselves up. Uh, you know, and, and you said you you apologized earlier for beating a dead horse. Yeah, we should never apologize for the for for talking about the expansion of Medicaid. All right. Uh, we have lost billions of dollars. We have cost the lives of hundreds of people and we have cost people their entire life savings, uh, but by not expanding Medicaid in this state. Uh, and, and now we have further, uh, we've come into a crisis that nobody could have ever seen coming, you know, which uh, a lot of people apparently did see coming, uh, sometime down the road in these, you know, on the pandemic team and other places, but, um, we've set ourselves up for failure here and, yeah. and it's it's a complete and utter lack of uh, of leadership uh, mm-hmm. at every level down the line and I don't know what it's going to take for people to wake up and, and understand that and to don't, don't vote for a Republican don't vote for a Democrat vote for somebody that has your interests and Anthony I just want to say to you man that I appreciate your passion and your anger you know I said to Josh on this podcast more than once there are things we should be angry about. Mm-hmm. They're things we ought to be cursing about because they are outrageous and they're immoral. And for people to politicize this this situation with this uh, coronavirus the way the White House has done. And this is not an indictment of all Republicans. As, as Josh has pointed out, all Republicans haven't politicized it. But this damn president has. He has politicized it. And he has done it in an outrageous a very flippant way. And he's played, been very fast and loose with the facts related to this virus. And that has an impact, as you pointed out, on our loved ones and our friends and our family. Well, you know, for me, uh, it, it's it's time to, to um, right now, uh, I'm very, we're very fortunate to have, um, you know, Governor Ivey uh, taking the lead on this and being as helpful as possible and trying to figure out. But it's it put... 
Governor Ivey uh, and leaders in the state in a bad position when the federal government has not moving fast enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, this They've known about this for some time. They've downplayed it. Uh, and so when you're down, when it's being downplayed from the federal level, who has more intel than we would have on this issue, mm-hmm. it forces states to also follow more of, of the same. Uh, and we're following. You cannot follow. We're not following a leader that is actually being proactive. Yeah. And so, you know, hat to my hats off to Governor Ivey and Scott Harris and the entire COVID-19 team mm-hmm. and the community and local mm-hmm. municipalities and, 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 and our um, all the folks that are part of the team that's, that's being helpful and those that may not be a part of the team in name, mm-hmm. but they're providing support and resources to the team and knowledge to the team. Uh, and so, you know, those are some of things that those are those people are on the front line doing the best that they could do and trying to put together a plan because there are there is no blueprint right and and, and so uh you know it, it 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 angers me that people are getting sick lives are being lost Ec- the, the economic impact uh negative pa- impact is going to have on our economy here in alabama that's already a yeah. fragile economy uh is, is going to be tremendous yeah. because it's if a if if companies are not able to get uh, have customers. Mm-hmm. They're not able to grow, and so I can imagine the number of layoffs that's going to happen. Not just now, mm-hmm. but in the future. Yep. Yeah, and yep. then in Alabama, we reduce the unemployment um, weeks. Yeah, uh, down. You know, and and so those are things that yeah, thanks, Arthur. We didn't see coming last year. Yeah. But that we're impacted by. Yeah. And so I think that we just got to think through these things and, and think about the what ifs. Yeah, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the numbers uh, as of yesterday, uh, we had almost reached in, in this week alone, uh, unemployment had, had, had matched February uh, in, in three days. In the three days of this week, we had almost matched the total number of unemployment filings for all of February. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Uh, and so you know, I it, it's um, it, it's I mean, it's it's a bad situation. I think that we can rebound out of it, but we're going to have to have a plan. And we talked about this a little bit with with Laura Hall earlier. Uh, I, I know that y'all are working on things. Uh, I know you probably are not ready uh, to do that, but in the void of of kind of leadership in uh, in the state house with among the Republican leadership there, there has been a, a serious void there. Uh, what? Uh, all right. I know you don't want to talk about specifics, but do y'all have a plan? And, and how soon do you see that coming out and and being put forth in, in front of everybody? Well, you know, right now, Josh, um, uh, myself and others and my staff and others uh and 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 and, and we've been following the lead of, of the COVID 19 task force mm-hmm. and in communication with folks that are on on the task force at all levels and department of public health has been briefing us tremendous uh, um, day in and day out mm-hmm. and so we certainly appreciate that um but what i would say is that because we've not dealt with something of this magnitude before mm-hmm. uh i'll be you know i'm not waiting Right. For someone to lead me mm-hmm. just because they may be in the majority or whatever, that doesn't mean anything to me. Right. Uh, I'm going to lead on this issue mm-hmm. as, as as much as I'm uh, allow my resources would allow me to. Mm-hmm. And I'm not waiting for Superman or anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and because uh, I've, we've not had it all this time. Mm hmm. 
and so I'm not going to wait for it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take the ball and run with it as, as much as we could do in our local communities. And I would encourage other elected officials and, and leaders in communities. You don't have to be an elected official to be a leader, but to be leaders in your communities and, and, and not hiding mm-hmm. uh, behind the fact that we're dealing with this crisis and allowing just, you know, we got to put the community at ease. We got to give the community direction. And that's our go- that's our job. And so, you know, I'll be continuing to be out here. I'm actually, even if I have to do it with my own uh, resources, I'll be putting together uh, um, PSAs to communicate with the public about what the virus is, what to be, you know, how we need to take it serious uh, and, and just putting it so that I'm putting my face out there to say, OK, this is real. Right. And, and, and as your leader, I'm telling you and urging you mm-hmm. that you have to take all cautionary measures to deal with this issue because it's real mm-hmm. and this is something that can be uh, devastating for not just our state it's going to be devastating for our economy and our country but right now I'm more interested in I'm more interested in the people preventing the disease the spread of the disease and treating those that are impact, that have the disease and making certain that every person every Alabama regardless of their ability to pay have access to get testing and treatment for this particular disease well i know i appreciate it uh i know i give you a hard time especially about you coming in with your mask on (laughs) well josh you deal with so many people hell i gotta i gotta put my mask on (laughs) that's that's true but but in my defense very few of them get close to me uh, uh, and they mostly run uh, but uh, yeah, but I, I always sit three it. feet away from him at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we <laughs> times two. That yeah. but, yeah, we, we, we've been social distancing for a long time, right. even That's before right. it was cool. Uh, well, we we appreciate you coming in and, and spending some time and all of the work that you're doing and, and getting everybody. I hope it. I, I hope people pay attention, and, and I'm certain that uh, that what you're doing is making a difference. Uh, and uh, you know, good luck. Good luck to you. So, appreciate right, that you. was uh, that was uh, state representative uh, minority leader Anthony Daniels uh, in in here with us, and he's going to go back into his bubble now, and uh, we're going <laughs> to we'll slide out, and uh, we'll come back wrap this thing up with uh, with another of the week, and uh, and get you out of here. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We are going to t- take this thing uh, back uphill now from uh, from Anthony Daniels. So sad, sad. It's so hard on Anthony, man. It's so hard. On oh, it's because I love him. Uh, Anthony is a good is a good dude. He, yeah, he, he is. is. Uh, he, he is. is. He, 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 we we would have a we would be a lot worse off in the state without Anthony. I, I agree one hundred percent. All right, so listen, this is what we're gonna do. We got we got uh, we got a couple minutes, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna do the nut of the week. And so what I thought we would do here uh, as a public service to uh, to to folks is I know everybody is trapped in their house uh, yep. for the most part. Yep. Um, uh, that there is no there are no sports on TV. No sports. Um, yeah. 
so you know a lot of a lot of guys even a lot of ladies uh, out there are, are without it, it, even if they're not watching at least they had something to distract their husbands for a little while uh, you know uh, to keep them occupied so they could do whatever they wanted to do right. uh, but there, so there's none of that and so uh, what I thought we could do is is kind of go over uh, the shows that we have watched uh, recently uh, or that we have really enjoyed that we would recommend uh, on, on streaming services whatever uh, you know we've got them uh, all at, at our house to the mm-hmm. Netflix, the Hulu, the uh, the HBO uh, now, the, uh, but you know whatever whatever streaming service you have, Amazon Prime. I forget mm-hmm. about Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will tell you um, of of late, I have watched uh, Succession. On mm-hmm. HBO, yes. really, really enjoyed Good Succession. Show. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, I wouldn't say it would be, you know, uh, but it wouldn't be in The Wire or The Sopranos. Oh, definitely uh, not that level. No, 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 that's classic. That's, yeah, yeah, that's all time great stuff. Yeah, there, but yeah. uh, you know, it's it's not a bad love show. Love The Wire. Love yeah. The Wire. Um, Better Call Saul airing now. Ooh, I uh, love that. Yeah. Now that is to me one of the best shows on television. Yeah, I, I would say right now, probably, probably. How about, you think it's the best show on TV? Right no, now? I don't, no, I didn't say. I said one of the best. Right, I'm talking about currently though. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I absolutely think uh, so. Yeah, absolutely. What, 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 is there anything that you would put above or you know, in the same category? Is above it? Better Call, uh, Better Call Saul. Let me think for it's a second. Currently airing, um, currently airing TV show. Even thinking, a currently, you know, thinking. recent stream. Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. I've never is really got into Ray Donovan. I think uh, it's amazing. I don't. I don't. I watched a couple of episodes. I didn't dislike it. I mm-hmm. just didn't. I didn't care. For, you know. I didn't. I didn't follow through. I guess. Uh, I think. I think that's one of the most uh, insightful shows on television as it relates to just um, <clears throat> moral nuances. Uh-huh. I think it's. I think it's amazingly well done. Huh. Uh, also, uh, there's something else that's coming to my mind that. Uh, uh, I DVR that I'm I'm. Oh, well, you still you still with the DVR? We're we're on uh, we're on YouTube TV over there over there. Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, really? I mean, I, I I have Google Fiber. Yeah. I, I DVR a lot of stuff, oh, yeah. but also do a lot of streaming. Now on the streaming services, I'm gonna tell you what I've been what I think is really great. Two shows that I want to recommend. First one is uh, Who Killed Malcolm X? That's a documentary series. Excellent. Uh And you get an answer. Really? I mean, you get a definite answer. Yeah, so it's not like a serial, the podcast, the podcast nope, serial. No. They just leave you hanging Mm-mm. at the end of it. No, you get a definite answer. Oh, nice. That, in fact, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but you, but he narrows it down. You get the names of the killers, uh-huh. and you also get the entity that they're associated with. Oh, Very powerful. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that, that one I would recommend on Netflix. Also on Netflix, I would recommend, uh, if you if you don't mind subtitles, and uh-huh. some people don't like subtitles. I don't like to read yeah, I don't want to read a movie, man. I, I get that. I get that. Uh, <laughs> I, get it. I ain't trying to read. I, I get, Come on, man. I get that. I get that. But I. But they do a little. They do a little mix. I mean, yeah. there's a little bit. It's set in South Africa. It's called Queen Sonos, uh-huh. and it's a. It's an interesting. It's an interesting series about a a South African. A black South African female spy, mm-hmm. and and they use that sort of that 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 context to deal with politics, race, mm-hmm. and um and and glowing. When I say politics, South African politics and geopolitics. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's not you know it's not uh, heady stuff mm-hmm. you know but it's interesting and well, I like it. Well, and you get to see South Africa, which I think is fascinating. On the heady end of the spectrum, right. let me uh, tell you one that that my wife and I have uh, just watched. Uh, uh, that is, uh, or streamed on Netflix, okay. uh, which is Love is Blind. Uh, I keep hearing about that. I keep hearing about that. It's the opposite of Hetty. Okay? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, it is almost brain dead. Uh, uh, but the people... It's it's like a car crash. It's like a, wow. you cannot okay. you cannot stop watching this car crash of people that you know the half of them are insane. For the, so the premise of this show is is these people uh, have agreed to go on this uh, dating show basically uh-huh. uh, in which they are put into pods uh, these little almost like a little living room area. Okay, uh, and there is a person on the other side of the wall of the opposite sex, and they have conversations, and through these conversations back and forth. They get to know each other. Basically, they're dates without being able to see each other. Uh, so and, this is like the dating game from way back in yeah, it's the like, 70s, yeah, sort well, of. Kind of, yeah. I mean, little, they, yeah, they, just kinda, they just kind of carry on their own conversations uh, okay. here. And and then at the end of this, <laughs> at the end of this two-week period, uh-huh. uh, they get married. Uh, they, 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 they have to get married. Well, they don't have to. They, oh. they have to. They, they can propose to the person who they have selected. They can opt to. Uh-huh. Yeah, they Get can opt to. Yeah, yeah. And so um, mm. several of them opt to to try to go forward with this. And so then just after their faceless conversation. Yeah. Uh, and so they but, but but I will say then uh. there's a period where they go to like to on a vacation together. Uh, then there's a period where they have to meet all their friends and family and stuff. Okay. And then the, the weddings are supposed to occur. And so if you can make it through now, all that. So so they still can opt out even after oh, yeah. seeing each other yes. and meeting family yeah. and all that stuff. But, appara- but apparently none of them opted out. Well, I, I don't want to give away any of the show because, you know, it's a it's a it's a serious plot. <laughs> Uh, uh, and we've talked way too much about this show, uh, but it, it is uh, it is absurd. Uh, it really is absurd. And I started the only reason I agreed to to watch this thing uh, was as I saw so many people on Twitter uh, talking about it and making fun of it. And I just wanted to be able to make fun of it and be oh, in on okay. the jokes. Okay. And, uh, okay. Uh, but uh, so was it your wife's idea to watch it, or was it, or was it the, or was it the uh, Twitter that made you think, hey, baby, we need to watch this? You know, I think. You know, I, I'm just, I, honestly, what I think happened is, is I we had a conversation after I read some things on Twitter, okay. uh, and and she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I want that too. Well, let's let's try it." And there was no, you know, I didn't put up a fight. You know, I had to, I guess I had to, I mean, you know, I had to, I couldn't say, you know, I couldn't be like, "Oh yeah, I really want to watch it," you know. But you know, it was, I didn't say, "Oh God, no, we're never watching that." So, so this is a show that you're watching to laugh at the people. Well, I'm not watching it anymore. We we we, oh. skipped, we skipped ahead a oh, little bit. And oh, we watched okay. the, the right. end of it, okay. and so we're we're done. We know what happened. I can give I can give spoilers. <laughs> we, we went right to the reunion. So show. you didn't want to muddle through uh, all of uh, that. No, no, no my, my my wife is a big uh, bachelor bachelorette uh, person. Never watched an episode. Really, I, I am. I, I'm not up until never recently. I, I've never done the same. But it's been on on the TV a lot when I've been in the room. I live the uh, life. I am a bachelor. I uh, live that life. I don't need to watch that. Yeah, it's um, it's a uh, it's a weird show, man. It's, 
people are weird. I mean, it's a it's a weird situation out there. Yeah. You know, they had to go yeah. from Auburn on this it's last It's hard month. out there in these safe streets, man. <laughs> I got to tell you, it doesn't seem that hard for these people. <laughs> Matter of fact, it seems like they're rather they're rather dumb. Oh, uh, that's but, hilarious. All right, all right, we, we've we've gone uh, we've gone too too long. But all right, so uh, to recap, uh, <laughs> probably don't watch Love Is Blind or The Bachelor, <laughs> uh, but you can watch uh, the Who the, Killed Malcolm X. Who Killed Malcolm X? Yeah, uh, and the highly recommend. It. What was the other the Queen Sonos? Queen it's Sonos, escapist, but, but yeah. with a little bit of a thought provoking edge to it. Uh, and let me bring you way down. Uh, so you can you can watch Jack Ryan. Uh, I enjoyed, enjoyed oh, I Jack like Ryan. That. Yeah, uh, yeah. On, uh, on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. Yeah, I watched yeah. that. I watched uh, the McMillions documentary. Uh, I thought was really good. Oh, uh, it's about really? the uh, okay. scam of uh, of the McDonald's monopoly game uh, that oh. went on. Uh, there's also some uh, some pretty good uh, stories written about that if you want to Google them mm. up, uh, about that. Uh, it's really really weird uh, deal. Um, uh, you know, and I'm sure there are like a thousand other ones that we're missing. Uh, the uh, Little Fires Everywhere, which w- just dropped a couple days ago was uh, by a uh, really really good book um, it's an adaptation of that it's a, that it's a series on Hulu oh. uh, and it's got Reese Witherspoon and uh, uh, she's good yeah and, and well and she's also got uh, Kerry Washington with her yeah uh, I so, saw the promos yeah, for that. A, yeah those two together yeah. it's gotta be great yeah sure, yeah yeah really good really good alright uh, right wing note of the week uh, this week is who Chris Bartlett, Pastor Chris Bartlett. How do we been beating <laughs> yeah, up on Pastor? Yeah, you always come up with a pastor. I don't. What is that? What does that say about me? Uh, I don't know. It says something about yeah. me. Where, where is he a pastor? Uh, he is the pastor of the Boaz Church of God. Boaz Church of God in Boaz, Alabama, where right. everybody used to go buy their socks. That's right, where yeah. we used to go, the outlet there. Uh-huh. So this is not a bash against the Church of God uh, or against Christianity, but this is about, this is a criticism of a pastor who I think is being extraordinarily irresponsible. Uh, he, um, on March 13th, you know, just a few days uh, before we, well, what was that, a week ago, I guess, um, since uh, from this recording. Earlier this week, right, yeah. Earlier this week, okay, yeah. all right. So, Chris Bartlett, um, the pastor of this church, he puts up a Facebook post in which he openly invites people who believe that they are infected with uh, the coronavirus to attend the church. And, And I quote, so with boldness of faith, if you have the coronavirus or feel threatened by such, you are most welcome at Boaz Church of God Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We will gladly anoint the sick with oil and pray the prayer of faith over you. You're also welcome to fist bump bump instead of handshake. Okay. Smile instead of hug and have the impact team open the door for you. Okay. So you're inviting people to come in ostensibly to be healed because he's saying anoint the sick, pray the prayer of faith over them. Mm -hmm. But then he's saying, uh, you're coming in to be healed, but we just want you to fist bump instead of handshake and smile instead of hug. Well, that's that that that's a logical incongruity there. Yeah. That's what we call uh, cognitive dissonance. But then on top of that, there's the presumption that 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 he and he doesn't say this, but I think I think we can assume that he believes he has had some divine revelation, quote unquote. Mm-hmm that would uh, enable him 
in particular, out of all the pastors in Alabama, mm-hmm. this pastor believes that he uh, is going to heal people of the coronavirus and that he will not be uh, endangering the lives of others God working as through they him. come in. God working through him. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't call it God. Uh, I'd call it something else. Yeah, uh, probably not. Uh, it's, ego. Um, I'd call it ego. You know, there are a lot of these. There are a lot of these pastors that are that have done these dumb things to get attention and uh, during this crisis and to... Uh, this is the first case I've heard of. Really? Oh, oh, yeah. There's a, there's a guy in Louisiana. There's a guy in Florida. Uh, there's another one in Tennessee somewhere. Uh, it, it's been... Uh, it's been fairly pathetic uh, wow. to watch. Now, I will say there have been a number of churches that took this thing seriously. Uh, Quite got a few, out in front of it, my own uh, and, and, and some others. And yeah. said, listen, we're going to go online. You can follow us online. That's we'll right. be on TV in certain places. Uh, you know, follow us there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, until, until this passes, you know, mm-hmm. read your Bible at the house and, uh, and have faith. Uh, and I, I just... Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's an attention grab uh, by a lot of these people. Uh, yeah. And and you see some of the same ones uh, do the Facebook posts all the time who say really, really awful things about other people and mm-hmm. uh, and get all the attention from the right wingers because sure. they, they pander to that crowd. And, uh, you know, it, it's just really stop it. You know, I mean, it's a serious situation. Yes. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm to the point where I think with a lot of these people, not just the pastors, but some some other folks, that it's time to start, you know, with, with criminal charges for, for some of these things. You know, you think so? uh, if you are if you are openly uh, doing things, first of all, if you're openly doing things in violation of public law, mm-hmm. uh, where, where people well, are banning, sure. banning 500 yeah. more yeah. Yeah. and you're, sure. you're still inviting them in and opening the doors, Absolutely. Uh, I then I think that, that you ought to yeah. be held accountable Something for those sorts of things. And if yes. you are if you are purposefully uh, putting the public at risk here, uh, you know, despite all the knowledge and information and warnings and people mm-hmm. uh, in positions of power and people who are telling you, listen, these things are putting people at risk in your community. They're going to kill people in your community. If you're still doing that by choice, I, I don't know what else do we got. What, what well, do we have laws for? Yeah. And I guess I would say if a person is if a person is doing what this guy did. I don't see that as a violation of law. I see it as stupid, reckless, and a lot of other things, well, but, but not but a violation of let law. Let me ask you this. If this yeah. person had the AIDS virus mm-hmm. and purposefully infected you with that. Well, that's already against the law. Exactly. Sure. That's what yeah. I'm saying. But this but is not, but this, but this requires, I mean, this guy is inviting people into a space uh, of their own free will with their own knowledge. Uh-huh. So to me, that's that's reckless, dumb, I, free see, speech. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I think a mm-hmm. lot of those people look to those pastors for that knowledge. Uh, I understand that they have the ability to to know. They do. Uh, You know, and and to me, that's a lot different than somebody infecting you with the HIV virus without your knowledge. You know, there are people, and and I'm telling you, this is crazy to me. There are people who will knowingly sleep with people without protection that they know have HIV. Can you say that that's against the, that they ought to be prosecuted for that or the person that they've slept with? I would say no. I'd say it's reckless, it's dumb, it's a lot of things. You know, it's it's reprehensible. We can go that far if you want. Yeah. But it's not against the law. I think we have to preserve the right to idiotic, reckless, dumb free speech because that's what makes America a place where, you know, the dumbest, the lowest level of free speech has to be protected for the sake of all free speech. So, so you're saying we should thin the herd? 
I'm saying that this guy, well, what I'm saying is that this guy needs to be derided as we're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it. And I think other people ought to deride him. And I think he's faced enough derision that actually the Facebook post isn't even up there anymore. You know, so I think all of that is appropriate in this case. Absolutely. All right. Well, derision aside, here we go. (laughs) Derision it is. Derision it is. All right. Listen, that uh, that should wrap things up for us uh, for this week. Uh, Y'all do what what you're supposed to do okay please, uh, please, wash please. your hands yeah. stay away from everybody don't be dumb uh yeah. it, it's you know uh, take it seriously and and because what you do could could seriously seriously affect other people uh and and, and it could kill people it really that's not overstating it it legitimately mm-hmm. could kill people so so do what you can uh to stop this thing and um and, and let's all be safe and be kind our, our thanks here to representative laura hall who came on for for several minutes and gave great information uh to representative anthony daniels he was eh, okay uh, <laughs> daniels was great as well uh and, and thanks uh to uh to, to chip brownlee uh our, yes. uh who produces this thing makes it all flow uh chip. yeah we we really sound like crap uh and and chip fixes our voices it, makes it, I mean, it really better. makes it really we're not even real chip just does this <laughs> in, his, in his spare time and uh, puts it together and we we get you know whatever all right that, that'll do it for us guys uh david enjoyed it as always sir always josh good to be here man all right we're out see you guys Hey guys, just wanted to remind you again, if you could help us out and uh, leave a rating and a review for us on where, uh, whatever platform you download this fine podcast, it would really help us out. Thanks guys.